You are Locked on Wild, your Minnesota Wild every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Joe Bully of ZoneCoverage.com, and with me from ZoneCoverage.com is Tony Abbott. Tony, how was your weekend? Oh, you know, it was pretty good. Got to got to go out. I've, I've been on my Pokemon Go stuff again. I probably put it down for about a year, but now, like, I've got nothing else to do. So I've restarted it in earnest, and I'm, I'm walking around the neighborhood. I'm catching them all. And that is just about it on the weekend front. Well, and the great thing about Pokemon Go is it gets you out of the house. That was the big thing when uh, when it first was unveiled is that all these kids were now uh, leaving their house and walking around and socializing in the neighborhood. I suppose you probably were keeping your social distance. You were being safe, but nonetheless, you were catching them all. Yeah, no, no, I've been pretty safe. Uh, the, the one time where I was like, oh, no, what did I do was when I leaned against a wall. Like, you do some stuff without thinking, and I've actually done a pretty good job of not, like, touching things like fences and or, like, anything, or posts or anything like that. Like, mm-hmm. I I probably tend to do stuff like that, you know, when, normally, but uh, but I've been doing a pretty good job at avoiding that. It's just like uh, one time I, I like leaned in. One thing I've noticed is that like people are barbecuing a lot right now because the weather's getting a lot warmer, mm-hmm. and like nobody is freaking throwing away like any of their like barbecue discards. I've had to pull a chicken bone from my dog's mouth last week, and this uh, and today I. At first, I thought he had some roadkill in his mouth, and I was freaking oh, out about okay. that. But it, it turned out it was just like a, a T-bone steak thing. But, uh, but you know, at the same time, like, that's not great either, you know? No. Yeah, in, no. In terms, of, uh, in terms of safety. And your dog isn't uh, the type of dog that would normally be able to handle a T-bone. Oh, I, I think he would. I think he's fine. Like chewing up, uh, chewing up on bones and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I was I was mostly just worried about like, oh, like pulling this bone out of his mouth. Like, <laughs> sure, how sick am I gonna get off this? But uh, I, I'm not dead yet. So, oh, oh, yeah, I, I didn't even really think about that. I was just thinking more about the safety of the dog. No. Um, oh, that's disgusting. That's right. Yeah. Ah, uh, but. Uh, I ha- I I've been one of those that have been barbecuing more. I made a really thick cut bone in uh, pork chop that was uh, lightly marinated in teriyaki today. Made it with some rice and some green beans, and uh, I was really really worried about undercooking those things today. But uh, they were fantastic. At least that's what I was told. So, did you just admit to cooking Doug Funny's dog pork chop? Oh no! <laughs> There's a rip. Jeez. So, Joe, uh, I I had my first article published on Zone Coverage this week, uh, and, and that was uh, that was about Kirill Kaprizov, and, and mm-hmm. uh, we are going to be uh, teaming up, uh, both of us and and friend of the show Giles Farrell. Uh, we are going to be teaming up to uh, to to do the uh, Minnesota Wild stuff at ZoneCoverage.com, and I gotta say, I'm pretty excited for this uh, this this getting together. Yeah, no, I think it's uh, I think it's a great uh, pairing up, a matching up of of writers here, and um, I think that uh, having you now in the fold will only uh, allow us to 
be more, uh, be more current, be more daily, be more consistent. And uh, I think uh, it'll just mean good things for wild coverage on zonecoverage.com. So like uh, definitely everyone out there, if you're looking for wild content to read, please go to zonecoverage.com slash wild, I believe, or go to zone cover. If that doesn't work, go to zonecoverage.com. And then uh, the wild stuff will be easy to find on the, on the homepage. Uh, and, and you'll be able to find our work. I'll be writing on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Joe will be writing every Friday and Giles will be writing on Monday and Wednesday. I know Giles has a piece coming out uh, when this does about yeah. uh, about looking at the Paul Fenton trades one year later. So that'll be some yeah. good stuff. But here's the one problem I have with this group, right? Okay. I can't think of any superhero tri- like what are the superhero trios what do we call ourselves that's the problem you're coming up with well, i guess that's a good thing so like what the, what do we call us There's, here's uh, the thing here's the only superhero trio i can think of is the powerpuff girls ooh and they well yeah yeah well there's the three musketeers but they're, they're not superheroes. They're not superheroes. They're not even that cool. No, you're right. Powerpuff Girls were BA though. Yeah, no, they were pretty cool. Was Totally Spies were they a foursome or was that a, a trio? Ah, uh, ooh, I've never seen that one. <laughs> uh, totally Spies. Oh come on, you've seen it. No, I haven't actually. Yep. Uh, it turns out the Totally Spies are a group of three. Uh, I. I, I don't know. I, I think the Powerpuff Girls are, are, are a much better reference point, I think. But but that's the only superhero trio I can really think of. Okay. So who's Buttercup then, right? You know, like, with with my, with my S-posting abilities <laughs> and my You're willingness just... to mix it up. <laughs> I think You're just that more. Yeah, I can see it. I think I might be a buttercup. I don't know. What what do you what do you I mean yeah yeah, I can see you being cantankerous like buttercup. Do you see yourself as a buttercup? I I don't, but I wouldn't necessarily call myself bubbles, but we know that Giles is not bubbles. Giles is probably blossom. Probably if we're gonna go there, yeah. Well, we should let Giles pick which one he is. Yeah, I just but bubbles is all about happy go lucky and the and fluffy things and and I feel like out of all of us I think I probably have the more positive outlook on the Minnesota Wild, so I'm probably bubbles, but I don't feel like I'm a bubbles. <laughs> I, I think I might be bubbles when it comes to Kevin Fiala and Matt Dumba. Ooh, yes. Yes. Uh little teaser two for zone covers this week. We are doing our nominations for team MVP. So check that out. Yeah. Later on in the week. Uh, do, do we want to, do we want to take a break and fight Mojo Jojo? <laughs> I think we're going to have to. All right. Uh, you're listening to locked on wild. Welcome back to locked on wild here. It's Tony and Joe from ZoneCoverage.com guiding the ship here on the lockdown podcast. Never uh, network for all of your wild coverage. Uh, we just got done beating up Fuzzy Lumpkins as uh, part of the uh, the Zone Coverage Powerpuff Girls squad here, and um, we we also talked about food in the last segment uh, about barbecuing things like that. And I, I guess kind of brings me to a question that came in from a listener 
Is there any uh, food that you want to see either added or removed from the XL Energy Center menu? You know, here's the thing about uh, the XL Energy Center food options. Like, I, like, there's nothing there that, like, really stands out to me as, like, particularly, like, great or memorable. Like, a lot of it's functional, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I can go and I can get a soft pretzel and I can, like, enjoy having a soft pretzel. But, like, you know, a lot of places have, like, a signature item. And I really don't think that they have any such signature item at the XL. I would agree. Like the twins seem to have the market curbed on that where they have their staples that you would get in a ballpark, but they also seem to have like these higher end premium items that, you know, you almost have to go get. Um, I can think of like the Tonio Cubano sandwich that they have, um, which is fantastic. I've, I know that uh, the Kramarchik's brats and stuff are fantastic. Uh, get load that sucker up with sauerkraut and oh god it's so good um but for the for the actual energy center i feel like in general their food options at the concession stands are your standard fare mm-hmm. and i think it's all really really expensive though uh, all that stuff you said at the twins games feel or sounds really good and it's just unfortunate that i can't advance past the batting helmet chicken fingers <laughs> or the or the helmet nachos. Oh, those are so good. Like, oh, they are so good. There's something about eating out of a helmet that's just like uh it, it's never ending. Can you imagine if the X had like a hockey helmet? Do they have a hockey helmet nachos? I don't think they do. God, I you know, the the problem with it, and I wrote an article about this um a while back. It was a good, nice researched article during the summer. Um about the uh Teams should look at creating like, you know, almost like a value menu and and having a cheap beer on there as well. Because it could tell you with how much tickets cost, it really should. And if you want to bring your family, if you want to bring in like kids or or your friends, kids or that kind of thing um, to get them to get hooked to your product on the ice, you should also allow them to enjoy the full experience and maybe be a little bit lighter on, on, on the wallet. And so I think like, you know, your hot dogs, your nacho, your standard nachos, your, um, your soft pretzels and things like that should, could probably go at more of like a reduced price, even like your standard Michelob beer. Now, if I wanted to get like a summit, which I I'm pretty sure that they offer summit, you know, I'll pay the more. I'll pay more for it. If I if I wanted a premium uh, sliced prime rib sandwich, I'll pay the premium for it. But um, I just think that, like your standard stuff, like they should just be a little bit cheaper for families, for for people that don't make, you know, the, 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 the aren't season ticket holders that that only can make it to one to five games that are, you know, and the tickets are gifted to them or something, you know. I just think that um, – in general, like the cost of food could probably go way down. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I'm trying to think of, of stuff that uh, that I, I think that should be available at Wild Games, and, I, and I'm trying mm-hmm. to I'm trying to make sure that uh... a bison burger. Yeah, <laughs> I mean I've never had a bison burger, but I that sounds wild to me. 
I guess I don't have, like, any ideas uh, that are, like, off the top of my head. Like, I suppose I, I could, like, sit down and really, like, think of some stuff. or But just, like, I don't know. There, there's no sizzle when you go to the XL Energy Center concession stand. And it would be really nice for them to have, like, something that, like, wows you. Yeah, I I thought that there was a moment there that where they're going to try to unveil <clears throat> new foods and and whatnot at, at the X. But uh, again, I don't, I don't remember anything in particular that really like, I got to go to get there. You know, I, I'm going to skip this part of dinner around West seventh so that I can eat this at the stadium. I'd much rather have a burger at Burger Mo's or, or, or something else along the, uh, and, and I'm, they're obviously not paying us for this, but but something along West 7th or even other parts of uh, St. Paul um, prior to the game and, and just enjoy maybe a drink or a beer or two when you're actually at the game. I guess I don't really care what you have because, like, you know, like, whatever. Like, I'll go and I'll get, you know, I'll get nachos and I'll get a soft pretzel or whatever mm-hmm. and, and i'll be fine with that but just it would be really nice for for them to just be like hey here's something just like be wowed by it like they do with like uh the twins where they have just like everything you can imagine there uh, yeah the the twins seem to have kind of your um almost like what they do at the state fair when they announce the new state fair foods prior to opening day of the twins they they do have like a big media thing and for a while, that was the joke. That was the big news around the Twins, obviously, was, well, they didn't get their free agent or they weren't going to be contending <laughs> for the next year. So they got to have, they got to spark, you know, the the interest via what their food options are at Target Field. But um, I would say perhaps the Wild are in the same situation. I don't know. <laughs> Though I, I am looking at some of the wild stuff and like even like their most like I guess out there like Minnesota thing is they have a green bean casserole poutine, which like poutine, great. Yeah. Mixing that with a green bean casserole, it's just like ah it could oh. just have been poutine. Yeah. Oh. You know what they could do that would be awesome? Um, and because St. Paul is like your hardened, like Irish town, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, O'Gara's at the fair and this is a state fair thing, but they do the Reuben bites, the, the Reuben bites. They it basically, it's the sauerkraut and the corned beef that's deep fried, you know, battered and deep fried. And then you get like the thousand Island to dip it in that. And that's actually probably one thing I'm going to miss is if they don't have a safe fair, because I do love those Reuben Bites and wash it down with a Schmidix. Uh, fantastic stuff. Um, but uh, if they did something like that at the X, that would be great. Uh, is, there a, is there something other than food we could talk about, maybe? Yeah, we could probably talk about that in the next segment. Um, you know, the the videos and the, and the throwbacks that we're seeing um, from FSN, I know they played a uh, game seven against Vancouver. They played a uh, game six and seven against the, uh, the Colorado avalanche from Oh three kind of got me nostalgic on some of those players and player names. So we could talk about another player from, from wild past that maybe uh, could have been. Um, so let's talk about him uh, on the other side of this break. You're listening to lockdown wild. And welcome back to lockdown wild. Your final segment here on your Monday 
to get you through the, to start you, I guess, start you on the work. We not necessarily get you through also, uh, Check out Wednesday's episode of Judge Norty. That'll be a fun one as well. Uh, we have a uh, we have Ben Remington on that one. Yeah, we have Ben Remington coming up. He's going to argue. Uh, well, you should just check it out, but uh, it'll be a fun one. I think that you'll enjoy. Also, check out uh, last week's episode. We had uh, Dustin Nelson on, and he uh, he argued for the Sean Bergenheim trade. Uh, yeah, Sean Bergenheim trade. If I won't stumble over my words here, uh, make sure you vote on the Locked On Wild uh, Twitter account and uh, make sure that your verdict is heard. Um, the deadline is actually Monday night. So when this comes out, you've got pretty much just a few minutes to uh, to check back on that episode and then also vote. So uh, anyways, Tony, I teased it in the last right before the end of the last segment. But um, I wanted to talk about because we talked about Marion Gabrick. And just kind of the what ifs. He had, I think, 17 points or something like that in that 0203 uh playoff run through both Colorado and Vancouver. Just something unreal and, and just super crazy that I think wild fans would love to have, even at this juncture. Uh, but one player that uh, we kind of never really got a what if um because of um you know concussions kind of ending his his career was uh Pierre uh, Pierre Marc Bouchard. And I was just curious, is, do you want to try to go through this exercise on him? Because uh, he certainly had a lot of talent. He certainly had a lot of um, – uh, he had some good teammates around him. And it just, just was a, a damn shame that uh, that uh, traumatic brain injury be, kind of became a uh, – uh, or the potential for traumatic brain injury became kind of an issue for him uh, in his career. Yeah, I don't know if I want to go like – in I, I don't think this is going to be a deep dive in the same way we did for Marion Gabrick. I, I think that was like pretty comprehensive in a way that uh, that I, I just didn't prepare for. And you know, I think the what ifs isn't just like okay, like what numbers could this guy have put up? Because we know kind of what the numbers that this uh, guy was able to put up. You know, in his four best years in Minnesota, he averaged I, even just his three best years. Let's talk about his three best years. He averaged like 60 points, about, you know, 16 goals per season, 17 goals per season. And, you know, it was a, it was a real good, solid driver of offense. Even when his points dropped off in, uh, in 08, 09 a little bit, like still like very good at driving offense um, in a way that, you know, no one else really did in Minnesota. Like, it, you know, like, and he was the only, like, I guess, homegrown guy. You know, not counting guys like Rolston or, or mm-hmm. Demetra, who was really driving the offense in that way. Yeah, Pierre-Marc Bouchard was one of the guys. Uh, he loved to cross the blue line with puck possession, one of the few guys on a Jacques Lemaire team that didn't like dumping the puck in. And, uh, you know, he often kind of skate in down the half wall and kind of do a button hook and look for a pass up against the blue line. And I think you still see wild players do that to this day, but, uh, but it was successful for him. And, um, uh, for the most part, he, uh, he had some really, really solid success here as a part of the Minnesota wild. And, um, I mean, he damn near lost a whole, uh, whole season to concussions, um, in, in 2009, 2010, and um, yeah, it, it, it was crazy to think that uh, this guy who was really productive was going to be a solid player for the Wild going into kind of the leaner years, the Todd Richards years, um, and he just wasn't even really available. 
Yeah, and I, I think it's also worth mentioning to say that uh, he was pretty durable before the concussions too. I think he got uh, he got a knock in the you know after the fact that like oh this guy was always hurt and and you you look at his prime which I would say was his age twenty one to twenty four seasons before he really you know started getting those concussions to uh, to take his their toll on him. He started 314 out of 328 possible games. That's uh that's 96% of the games. So, you know, he was, you know, playing well, not only playing well, but, you know, durable too and giving Minnesota, you know, a, a really good a, a really good go at it. Do you think that because I would I would probably call them similar in stature, similar in style of play. Do you think that people soured on Mikhail Granlin quickly, uh, even though he was highly touted coming over? Because when they saw the style of play, they they kind of immediately thought, oh, no, we could have another Pierre-Marc Bouchard on our hands if he if this kid gets destroyed. Yeah, I think that's uh, I think that was a lot of the skepticism, right? Because they're both, you know, more uh playmaker types even though you know Granlin had some uh had some years where he was scoring some goals more goals than uh than Pierre-Marc Bouchard ever did he eclipsed his career high twice in a Minnesota Wild uniform uh with uh 26 goals and uh in 21 goals in his age 24 and 25 season as opposed to the uh the 20 that uh Bouchard topped out it uh but yeah I think a lot of uh, I think a lot of the fear kind of did come from that because this was like immediately after you know mm-hmm. he Granlin was stepping into the league just as uh Bouchard was stepping out of it and yeah I think that uh I think that had a lot to do and and that's not super fair right because you know you see a lot of players like uh Pierre-Marc Bouchard in the league a lot of players like Mikhail Granlin in the league you know I know that Gaudreau's like maybe not a great comparison in that like Goudreau is clearly more talented than either of those two, but like and probably faster too. I think that's what probably helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That does help a lot, but like, you know, there are, there are small guys like Johnny hockey. Uh, he might be a guy who's like, what if might be, ah, <laughs> who's what if might be, I'm talking about Bouchard, by the way, like what if he came into the league, like a little bit later, I know mm-hmm. that his heyday was in like the post, uh, lockout era so it's not quite like with Gramlin but uh, at the same time like there was a lot of heavy hockey going on in the post lockout era like that didn't really start getting out of the uh, the system of NHL coaches and like it still hasn't gone all the way out but like in the last few years like it really has uh it really has dropped off the era of heavy hockey Absolutely. Absolutely, and I and I, I mentioned the uh, the game seven replay against Vancouver, and I watched a little bit of that. And uh, what Vancouver was getting away with probably wouldn't even w- would actually be called way more often in in the uh, the playoffs. And, and and don't get me wrong, like regular season NHL nowadays and playoff regular and, and playoff season uh, in the NHL. Are, it appear to be like two different ways they're calling it. But I think even nowadays in the modern era of the NHL playoffs, what the Vancouver Canucks were getting away with back in 03 uh, wouldn't fly. Um, it was a lot of clutching, grabbing, interference, a lot of chipping. Um, it was, it was, it, what the NHL did post lockout 
uh, actually, I think did quite uh, a number to uh, to create a much more fun, fluid, and uh, just overall better, faster, more skilled brand of hockey. Yeah, is there anything else with uh, Pierre Marc Bouchard that? You yeah, know? sorry, I went off on a tangent there, but with PMB, I was gonna I was gonna ask you, is there like a certain play uh, that kind of sticks out in your mind? Wow, that was that was so long ago. Like I know it, it does feel like forever ago. And uh, and see, I was gonna say, I thought for sure you were gonna say um, the Bouchardian spinorama. Oh, that was him, wasn't it? That was him. Wow. Oh, wow. I forgot all about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought for sure that you were going to bring that one up. Yeah, I think that's the one that's probably going to be uh, be him, um, uh, you know, in a wild sweater. is probably maybe his most signature play, I think, um, uh, you know, in his time, in his tenure, in his career uh, with the Minnesota Wild. He uh, he really does feel like the uh, the I guess the forgotten Minnesota Wild player uh, from those days, like more so than any other like really good one. I think uh, since Bruno has stuck around the team and has been in the limelight, still people remember him. I think people remember Rolston pretty well. Uh, even like I think I've seen Demetra get a lot of love in uh mm-hmm. in you know the recent months or something like that but uh sure bouchard really does feel like the one that's kind of gone under the radar a lot in, in people's recent memories i probably have to agree with that and the thing is is i think you can't uh i think you'd have to handcuff him with uh, with brian ralston if you're gonna kind of go back to just because those two overlapped and that's when they had their probably most successful years mm-hmm. but at the same time like you know that's kind of what you need to do like you can't really you know no one's an island in hockey right or right. like if you are an island in hockey if you are like marion gabrick who's able to produce you know it doesn't matter who you're with and you're gonna get yours like you're one of the best players in the league but uh but with uh with bouchard you know really good player but you know a lot of a lot of people and there's no shame in that uh need someone that can keep up with them someone who's super skilled to uh to maximize their skills and uh yeah i mean that was that uh that tandem is probably mm-hmm. one of the best in uh, in wild history i would say probably all right tony i think that's gonna do it for our monday show where can we find you on the internet you can find me at oh hi tony on twitter you can find my work at zonecoverage.com i will have something on tuesday and thursday absolutely follow all of our writing on zonecoverage.com and uh, you can also follow me on twitter at joeboo15 that's gonna do it for today's show of locked on wild if you liked today's show please hit the subscribe button so that you don't have to do any work when the new show uh, comes out also make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast service you use it does help us get found by many many more wild fans such as yourself also, you can get in touch with the podcast. Just go to Twitter at Locked On Wild or via our inbox, as Adam does all the time. I uh, appreciate Adam. Uh, he is a our inbox hero. Not a jukebox hero, but our inbox hero. Uh, anyways, uh, that our email address is lockedonwild at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to 
today's episode of Locked on Wild, and be sure to check us out every Monday through Friday to stay on top of everything revolving around your team every day.